Welcome to Sap's Quest, a solo RPG actual play podcast. I am your host, GM and solo player Sap, and this is my quest. The following podcast is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome back to Sap's Quest. Last time, we found a signal and we investigated it, and then we fought some sort of alien, and we found a survivor on the crushed freighter, and we brought him with us, and we took him to bul Bulwark, or at least we went to Bulwark, and we got there safely. But we haven't actually landed. We're just outside. But we did mark uh, progress on get the wounded to safety. So that's that's good. So I guess we're up to date. So I think we're going to start this session with Hicks contacting the uh, settlement. Uh, opening a channel on his intercom and calling out. This is Hicks. I'm the captain of the Vanisher. I request permission to land. I have wounded on my ship. I repeat, I have wounded on my ship, requesting permission to land. So I think the radio is silent for a little while, and then I think we should see if anyone answers this. I guess we could just ask the Oracle, because why not? And I say it's uh, likely that someone is actually gonna answer. That's a 90, so yeah, uh, someone answers and they tells Hicks to proceed to Hangar 5B and land and they will meet him with a with some sort of medical personnel. So Hicks is just steering his ship down to, to the hangar indicated. When he lands, he turn, turns everything off. He can see outside the medical personnel coming towards the ship and he rushes over to the uh, ship's door and swings it open uh, lower the ramp he beckons to to the medical personnel and say he's in here uh i need help moving him i don't know how bad it is so i really need you guys to, to help me out when they approach he do this sign to uh, to cory telling him to stay out of the way stay hidden uh, he don't need people to to know he got an ai uh, running with him Corey just do a little spin to indicate that yeah I, I understand and floats away so the medical personnel comes aboard they grab the uh, the wounded man and probably put him on some sort of stretcher and yeah carries him out Hicks is just, so where are you guys taking him? I need to know. They, they, they basically just ignore him, going right past him, down the ramp and out. And Hicks is a little bit concerned, of course, because he really needs to talk to this guy. I think he, I think Hicks is just gonna go outside and try to follow. 
see where they're taking this this wounded guy. But as he steps out, he can see something else coming towards him. It's a group of let's see five men. They they wear some sort of uniform. It looks like I guess they are maybe the police or the military. Let's ask if ask the oracle if this is the local police force. I say it's 50-50. 97. So yes, this is the local police force. And they are approaching Hex uh, with the... I guess they have the, their weapons on the side. They're not aiming it towards him. But they, they come walking towards him. Um, seems to be... I don't know, looking for something maybe. So as they approach... Hex is just lifting his hands, it's like, whoa, guys, the hell is going on here? And the guy that looks like the, the captain turns to him and says something like, Well, we've had a lot of trouble recently, so we need to inspect who, whoever is coming here, and what they might bring, and if they bring any trouble. Hex just looks at him and... Shakes his head a little bit and like, well, I just found a freighter in deep space. I found a survivor. I grabbed him, took him here, and I just expected some sort of help. You know, I'm no threat to you. I'm no threat to this community. I actually have a friend here. His name is Ike Sato. Uh, you guys probably don't know who he is, but you know, you could look it up. He's a shipwright, and I think he would uh, vouch for me. But you guys do what you need to do, and I'll cooperate. And I think this would constitute a compel. Uh, if you charm, pacify, encourage, or barter, roll plus heart. So we're gonna roll plus heart because we are we're trying to to get this guard to calm down and just not attack us basically because we we just want them to to be at ease and take it easy. Let's roll a compel with plus heart. That's a six on the action die and a nine and a three on the challenge dies for a weak hit uh, on a weak hit they'll do what you want or agree to your condition <laughs> take plus one momentum but their agreement comes with a demand or a complication envision their counter offer well I don't really know what to do with this so hmm we can grab one momentum though putting us at six however what would they counter demand I don't really know because I didn't give them any any options I just wanted them to not attack me and calm down so I guess they do calm down, but they they tell me that You seem like a nice guy, but we still have to 
check your ship and check you. And well, Hicks isn't happy about it, but he's like, all right, man, I'm just gonna stay here and wait. So the captain sends in his officers to check out the, the ship and well, they're not gonna find anything. Well, I guess they could find Corey. Huh. Do they find Corey? I'll say it's uh, unlikely because he's pretty good at he's pretty good at hiding, so it's unlikely that they they find it. That's a sixty nine. That's just barely, but no, they do not find Corey. I don't know if that really matters, but they don't find him anyway. So they they check everything and they check on on Hex. And after a little while, the officers comes back out and report to to the the captain. And the captain looks at Hex and he says, "Well, you seem clean, but we." We would like you to uh, to come with us to the station for an official interview. And I guess that's the counter demand, maybe that they they want to to bring bring him in and and talk to Hicks. Hmm. Well, uh, Hicks just looks at him and is like, "All right, I do whatever you need me to do." And the Captain looks at him and good. Hicks just. Uh, looks back to his ship and, and says that well could i could i just close things down and turn everything off before we before we leave the captain looks at him and is like sure but one of my officers is gonna come with you just to be sure sure nothing nothing weirds happen and hicks just nods and like fine and they they walk aboard they go inside and hicks turns everything down uh, but he he does all this manually no power is used just flips all the buttons and goes back out closes the the, the hangar hatch and uh, locks the ship down basically activates the security features and, and everything and he goes back to the captain and he's like all right i'm ready where we're we going the captain points behind him and off they go so they they walk towards the the police station and the police station is this big big whitewashed huge building and i think hex is taken aback a little bit because he's not used to this whitewashed stuff uh he's used to to live on the on the edge basically so yeah he's a bit taken aback they come to the station, they walk inside, and inside there is a it's a big statue of some sort in the middle. There's elevators and policemen and guards and all the all those things. And they bring Hex to one of the one of the rooms and sits him down and starts asking him asking him questions where he came from, what he was doing out in deep space, and all these things, and Hicks is just answering the questions, he's telling them that he's looking for his people, because uh, he haven't, he's never seen another human, and he tells them, yeah, he tells them everything, and, and the interview seems to go 
pretty well until he mentions the name of the freighter and everybody just stops and they ask him you sure sure that was the right name and Hicks is like yeah of course why and they uh, tell him all right um just wait here and we'll be right back and Hex is like, okay, doesn't really know what's going on. So they leave the, the they leave the room, and Hex is just sitting there, waiting for something to happen. A little while later, uh, they come back with a new face, and the captain looks at Hex and says. This is Chief Kroll. And then he looks back to, to Chief Kroll and he says, This is Rokuro Kobayashi, going by the handle Hex. And I think you would like to know this. What's going on? Did I miss something? And the captain is just... Please tell Chief Kroll what, what you told me. And Hex does. He tells him that... He found this freighter uh, following the signal and he found the survivor and brought him back. And when he mentions the name, Malikur, the chief looks at him again and, and he, he asks the same questions like, You sure? Is that, is that really the name? And Hex is like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the name. Malikur. And the chief looks at him and, and he says, Well, the Malikar disappeared 25 years ago. And Hex looks at him and is like, How is that possible? I checked their computers. The signal was only like three days old. It can't have been out there for that long. That makes no sense. And the uh, the chief is like, Yeah, that's why we reacted. So, do you know anything else? And Hex is just, Sorry, I, I had no idea. I just found a wreckage, checked it out, found th this guy and brought him here to, to get help. And Kroll looks at him and is like, Alright, so there isn't much more we can do right now. So, if there's nothing else, I guess you're, you're free to go and uh, roam the settlement. And I think, uh, I think Hex looks at him and, and, and asks him to, Mr. Kroll, would it be possible for me to, uh, to speak with the wounded when he... When he wakes up, if he wakes up, and I think that means another compel with heart. So there goes nothing. That's a six on the action die and a five and a seven on the challenge dice for another weak hit. So. 
I get one more momentum. I'm getting a lot of momentum. It's up to seven right now, which is great. But they do agree to the condition, but it comes with a demand. So, what will he demand? I guess we're just gonna ask the Oracle for a action and a theme. So, here we go. Reveal. Advantage. Reveal advantage. Okay, I guess that Chief Crawl needs some help to uh, reveal some baddies because they're poli the police force. So I'm, I guess there's some sort of gang that's uh, that's gaining ground, gaining an advantage somehow. And Crawl wants me to help them find out or reveal how the uh, this gang knows so much about about the police force and crawl is uh, probably expecting that there's some sort of mole within the police force and he'd like us to help him rat this guy out it might be a weak <laughs> description but yay it's a game. Let's go with it. So uh, we're going to add a new vow. So let's call it Rat Out the Mold. And now we just have to swear the Iron Vow. So to do this, we roll plus heart. And we don't have any connection with the chief. So it's just a plus two heart. Here we go. That's a... Six again on the uh, action die and a three and a two on the challenge dice for a strong hit. That's nice. So on a strong hit, you are emboldened and it's clear what you must do next. Take two momentum. That puts us up to nine momentum, uh, which is very good for us. And, oh, I forgot to uh, decide how, how hard this uh, quest will be. I think we're gonna, we don't want to make it too, too difficult, so we're just gonna make it dangerous. Kroll says that, yes, Hex is allowed to visit and speak to, to the wounded and be part of the, that, that whole process uh, when the guy wakes up. But in exchange, he needs to rat out the mole and let Kroll know what's going on and how to take down this criminal organization, I guess. Because uh, they have an advan advantage over the police force at the moment. So uh, Hick just looks at him and he's like, all right, I'll do it. I would have done it anyway. I hate moles. And Kroll just looks at him and he's like, All right, we're counting on you, and I hope this mission will go well. And he just opens the door and he tells the officers to uh, have a good day, and he leaves. And the the officer looks at, looks over at Hex and he says, 
why don't you go enjoy the, the settlement for a while and prepare and come back here and we fix some sort of cover story for you and you can be ready to go. He then hands him a little device and tells him that we'll contact you when, when we're ready and when it starts to vibrate just come back here and meet us in in the lobby and hex looks at the little little doohickey and he puts it in his pocket and bids his farewell for the moment i also think that we reached a milestone for get the wounded to safety because we got him here the medical personnel took care of him and took him to I guess the hospital so yeah we have gotten him to a safer place than the the ship or the vanisher and the vanisher's uh, cryo chamber so I'm gonna mark two because this is a dangerous vow after all so that's that that puts us at four on the get the wounded to safety vow which it's a little bit too early for me to try and win it. <laughs> That's not what I... Uh, fulfill it. Fulfill it. That's what I was looking for. Uh, for fulfilling the vow. And Rat Out the Mole is also a dangerous one. But we have not started that one yet. So... guess we should just explore the city now. So Hex leaves the police station. And... Walks outside. And the first thing he's going to do is head back to the ship and go and get Cory. Yeah, he's going to go and get Cory. So he gets over there, opened everything up, and he's like, Cory, it's fine. You can, you can come now and let us just explore the city for a while. And maybe we can see if we can find Ike, see if he got something for us. And Corey comes out and is like, Alright, Hicks, this sounds like fun. Don't get too excited, Corey. I think we should keep a low profile and not make too much noise, alright? Corey is just doing his little yes spin again. Uh, after a short walk through a beautiful green lush park, uh, they arrive at the train station, which is... This is yet again a huge building and it seems to be made out of some sort of marble. And I think that again Hicks is taken aback because he's been here before and I don't think he recognized this. This seems a bit too, too good, a bit too clean, a bit too bright and grand and I think Hex is getting a, a bad feeling about this overall but he um, he gets to the train station and he tells he tells uh, Corey that Corey um, I'm running out of beads I think we need to find some sort of uh, hardware store so I can replenish my my steel beads all right and Corey still does his little jet spin again and off they go towards the uh, 
I guess the shopping district and they get to the to the train it's one of these big monorails being propelled by magnetic forces and when Hicks comes to to the platform he can feel the magnetic vibrations because of his strange powers and connection with metal and he feels a little bit uneasy I think not too bad but a little bit like eesh magnet not good but he, he keeps his cool and they board the train and goes to Central City. So um, when they arrive in Central City, I'm going I'm going to roll on the location theme and see if something interesting is is noticed by or if Hex notice something interesting in this in this area. So we start with the location. It's inhabited. Well, we, we knew about that, but sure. And features. Cruise at work. All right. So there are crews working here. Um, I guess that makes sense. We'll figure that out later. And see if there's any peril. Signs that you are being watched or followed. Hmm. Okay. And let's see if there's any opportunities. Local gossip proves interesting or helpful. Okay. That's interesting. So, um, hmm. I guess that when, when uh, Hicks comes to Central City and... He steps out of the train and he uh, enters the platform high up in the city and he steps over to the railing and, and looks out over the, the city and it's beautiful. It's a, a big beautiful city with the big green parks and that dominates the, the, the center of, of everything. There's gleaming white buildings that rises towards the sky as long as the eye can see you know probably hundreds of different life forms from all over the galaxy buzzing around on the sidewalks and uh, hovering vehicles uh, transporting people and, and goods and all those things but i also think that hex reacts to the fact that there are no clutter there's no trash there is uh, not even a you know poor excuse of graffiti on anything. There is these big white walls and no one is painting them. I think uh, Snipes find this very odd. But I think because because we rolled crews at work, I think Hex notices uh, some sweepers. I would call them sweepers, and they walk in in these small groups. Uh, Waving back and forth between the pedestrians and looking stressed and worn out. I also think that they're they're all pretty small. They look like kids, human kids. They're, they're tiny. And I also think that the people around them just don't pay them any heed at all. And just ignores them or, or maybe they even you know, yell at them for to get out of their way. And I also think that they they have some sort of backpack. Basically like a, a vacuum cleaner that you 
strapped onto your back and uh, wash away all the filth and, and, and things like that. So I think Hex sees someone, you know, throw some trash onto the ground and one of these sweepers comes rushing over and just suck it up and keeps going somewhere else. And I think Snipe is like, well, that explains that, I guess. Uh, he's just, you know, speaking his mind to the world at large. I think he also, at this point, he gets this uneasy feeling that something is wrong. Because you remember we, we, we rolled the peril, uh, the signs that you're being watched or, or followed. I don't think Hex has really noticed that this is happening. He just gets this, this feeling that something is off. But he just can't put his finger on what it is and he, he looks around and he can't see anything. It's just something is strange. He looks back to, to Cory and is like, Alright, Corey, we should probably head to the closest workshop or the closest hardware store and see if we can find some beads for me. Corey looks at him and, and he says, Alright, Hicks, I go where you go. And Hicks just smiles and shakes his head and is like, I know, Corey. And I think they turn towards the chopping district and off they go. When Cory and Hicks uh, arrives at the shopping district, it's this huge monolithic uh, center with hundreds of stores and they're all smushed into this, this building, this giant building. And Cory floats over to, to a terminal that shows a map of the building and locates the, the hardware store. And he floats back to, to Hicks and Hicks is still just standing there all flabbergasted by, by this humongous building and he's like Why? Why does this need to exist? He's not used to this grandiose uh, stuff anywhere on any planet, but here he is and they move over uh, or move towards the the hardware store and i think snipe notices a bunch of people and are all engrossed of what seems to be a shop broadcasting some some local news and i think hicks gets intrigued by this and and walks over to check what it's all about you remember we we rolled the um the the opportunity uh, local gossip uh, proves interesting or helpful. So, this might not be gossip because it's a broadcast, but it's the same idea. So, uh, when he, he gets to this uh, shop, Hicks walks up and he can see a still image of what looks like a huge meteor hovering in space. And he, he looks at Corey and he's like, Corey, record this. On the broadcast, there is this uh, female with a worried voice, and she informs the crowds that uh, this is the second time that one one of these meteors appears out of nowhere, without any indication where they came from or how they got there or anything like that. She also says that there's no reason to panic. I think because they want to keep keep people from panicking, because that's never a good idea. 
So even though it's it's close in, in, in a cosmic perspective, the news anchors just say that there's no risk for this to collide into uh, into the this uh, this uh, satellite. But there's a team of re researchers and scientists that seems to be preparing for an excursion to the strange rock that just popped out out of nowhere. Corey looks over at uh, Hex and Hex is like looks back and he says. That's a vault, right? You told me about those. If what you have told me is true, we have to go there. I think Corey looks back and he's like, But what about your passenger? And Hicks looks at him and he says, Well, we also have to find that mole, so I don't think we can get out of that. Okay, here's what we do. We give this 72 hours. If we haven't found the mole, or they have not fixed up our passenger, we go. Corey just looks over and do his yes spin once more. And they both take a last look at the broadcast. And they turn around and walk towards the hardware store. So I think this is a good place to uh, end this session. Uh, I know it wasn't as action-packed as the first one, but that's what happens. So thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it, and that I'll see you back next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you have heard, share this pod with anyone and everyone. Feel free to subscribe to the show in any and all podcatchers. Leaving a review is also very much appreciated. If you wish to get in contact with me, you can find me at sapsquest at gmail.com. Music by Diego Suarez and Tabletop Audio. Rollo's blessing be upon you, and may your dice forever be in your favor. <laughs>